The scripture reading for this morning is Joshua 21, verse 43 to 22, verse 6. You'll be able to find that on page 270 of your pew Bible. Now along similar lines to what we just sung, this psalm of David, Israel has spent the last 40 years wandering through the desert, and then they crossed over into the promised land. They were facing enemies on every side, people coming to them to attack them and to try to consume them. And yet the Lord gave the land into their hand. And the Lord granted them a place in which they were able to find, after these long periods of wandering, peace and rest. The Lord in his goodness and faithfulness granted them rest. So they've just finished dividing up the land leading up to our passage. And now we have Joshua 21 verse 43. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But take careful heed to do the commandments and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went to your tents, to their tents. The next reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 11, and we'll read briefly from Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So far, the word of God. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, how busy are you? And do you have the time and opportunity to pursue periods of rest? The pursuit of rest can look differently for different people. Some have the pursuit of rest as a long-term goal, and their aim is to hit 65 and then to retire, to kick up their feet, to relax maybe somewhere on a beach, somewhere warm for the remainder of their years. But in the meantime, they're going to run themselves ragged in pursuit of their career goals, their 401k, paying off their mortgage and more. Others have a more short-term view of rest. 
they have their eyes fixed on the weekend. You could already see this coming out. Back in the 80s, a band calling themselves Loverboy had released the famous single, Everybody's Working for the Weekend. And they may have been thinking about and looking for different things in rest, but they were capturing the spirit of many back then and also of many today who want to get away from the daily grind and are looking to certain things to give them that rest, that relief, and that refreshment so that they can keep on going. And then you get new parents who, after a bad night of maybe trying to get their colicky baby to sleep, would give anything for just five minutes of shut-eye. Rest is something that we recognize as important no matter where we find ourselves. It's treasured for people of all stripes and ages and backgrounds. However, even though it's so greatly treasured, it can seem elusive to so many people. Those who are among us in the Canadian Reformed Church especially can be among the busiest people that we know. And that, even though we live within the Christian life, we seek to live the Christian life. So what are we to think of when God speaks to us of rest that we are granted in Christ? How are we to take our passages today? Well, we'll look at this under the following theme and points, rest and refreshment. First, daily in our earthly wanderings, and second, looking to a final goal. So what is your first response then to hearing Jesus say in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. I want that rest, you might say. But even between making time and going away for a long weekend, going away for holidays, we're busy. It's often such a rushed existence that I have. Well, consider the people in our passage today, the people of Israel. They had just spent a little over 40 years in the wilderness. Day after dusty day, Hour after hour in the beating sun. God had made sure that their clothes didn't wear out and that their feet did not swell over their years in the desert, Deuteronomy 8 verse 4. But that didn't make it easy for them. It was always another day of travel, never really finding a place to call home, never really settling down. It was still a hard life. There were days in which they could spend time catching a little bit of rest. We read in Exodus 15, verse 27, how they spent time in an oasis with 12 springs and 70 palm trees. Again, in their journeys, they received unexpected refreshment from the miraculous splitting of a rock and water gushing out into the desert. They received quail from heaven. Each of these was a moment in which they received rest that was expected and scheduled or rest and refreshment that was unexpected. There's a parallel here in the Christian life as well. Our life can often feel like we're moving from one oasis to another. Like, for the meantime, we are walking through stretches of wilderness. 
There can be moments of rest that are scheduled, which we've looked ahead to for a long time. And there are moments that are given to us in divine providence. They are a gift from heaven. But there's possibly no better picture that should draw our attention to the rest and refreshment that is received than that of Israel as they were traveling through the desert, preparing for this final entry that we, are, that we read about today. This picture that they received in terms of manna from heaven. Manna was food that was given from heaven for the people of Israel during their 40 years of wandering. It's described in Exodus 16 as a fine flake-like thing that covered the ground like frost and it melted away in the morning sun. It was about the size of a coriander seed, so very, very small. And it was white in color. The Israelites could go out every morning and there it was. God's miraculous provision of food, of refreshment, covering the ground all around. Now, compare this to every other nation for a moment. Every other nation had to scrabble in the dust. They had to work the earth by the sweat of their brow. They had to struggle with thorns and hard soil. But Israel received a daily dose of refreshment like no other nation. God had graciously granted them manna from heaven, which they simply had to walk out and collect eat directly, or bake. Bake, we're told by the word of God, it tasted like cakes that were baked with oil, and raw, it tasted like wafers that had been made with honey. In some small way, they were given during these moments as they were preparing for that land into which they would enter into a longer, into a more permanent rest. In some small way, they received the miraculous rolling back of the curse. Other people had to work by the sweat of their brow. But they didn't. God granted them food each and every day. And by this, they received a small kind of daily rest like no other. For the Christian, there is no question that this unique and daily rest that's granted continues. It continues in a unique but no less miraculous way. To see what's meant by that, let's turn together for a moment to John. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verses 32 to 35. Page 1228 of your pew Bible. Jesus has once again been preaching and teaching and he's in Capernaum here and he says to the crowds that are around him most assuredly I say to you Moses did not give you the bread from heaven but my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world then they said to him Lord give us this bread always and Jesus said to them I am the bread of life He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Christ, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he is the word made flesh. He is 
bread from heaven. And coming to him is a daily affair for us who are traveling from day to day through life. But how do we come to him daily? Of course, there is the moment of conversion for those who are new to the faith. And there is a coming to Jesus Christ in that way, in which you confess him as your Savior. But there's more to it than that. Bread from heaven was something that was a daily affair for the Israelites as they were wandering through the wilderness. In our catechism, in Lord's Day 13, it quite rightly describes us as being joined to Christ by faith. And being joined to Christ, it says, we share in his anointing. And what anointing is that? It's the anointing power of the Holy Spirit that joins us to Jesus Christ. It's by the work of the Spirit that we're joined together in Christ. And how does the Spirit work this faith and grow this faith in our hearts? How does the Spirit grow this binding attachment that we have to our Lord and Savior? Well, God teaches us in Romans 10 that the Spirit works through the Word of God. Faith is worked in our hearts by, first of all, the preaching of the Word. And in some small way, this again, is a rolling back of the effects of sin. If you consider in the Garden of Eden, when man first fell into sin, there was a time before the fall into sin when he could walk in fellowship with God. But that relationship was ruptured. And man was driven out of the garden. But now we have God once again reaching out to his people and lifting in some small way the effects of the curse by granting us the word, by granting us his word. And so we listen and sit under the preaching of his word in the first place. We see it strengthened by, in the second place, the use of the sacraments, which are the word turned into a living picture before our eyes. What we're going to be looking at uh, this, uh, what we're going to be looking at next Sunday as we look ahead to the Lord's Supper and also the sacrament of baptism in the afternoon. It's the word turned into a living picture before our eyes. But it's not just a Sunday affair. It's also, in the third place, the daily sustaining of our faith through the reading of the word of God again. Each page of the Bible points us to Christ, the bread of heaven. Each day we are refreshed and we are renewed through this time spent in the Word. Now, in light of that, consider again the call that we find in Matthew chapter 11. The call, come to me, you who labor, and I will give you rest. Notice, we're not just automatically offered rest here. There is the call to come to Christ. I just don't feel this divine rest. Well, Christian, are you coming to him? Are you looking to Christ through his word? 
Are you sitting under the preaching with an open heart? Are you participating attentively in the sacraments? If you aren't, then of course you're not receiving this rest. The next protest, it's bland. I don't feel like it's of much benefit. Spending time in God's word, it's just the same day in and day out. And there are days when it really feels like I'm getting nothing. But think again what you're saying when you say this. You've been given a gift in Christ through his word. A gift that's been given to no other people. God has given his people his divine word, which points to Christ on every page for their comfort and for their direction. Now it is human nature to get used to what we get, what we receive day in and day out. The Israelites too thought manna to be bland after a while. It only tasted like honey cakes. Numbers 11, verses 4 to 6, the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving, so that the children of Israel also wept and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish that we ate so freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. They had lost sight of its miraculous nature. They had gotten so used to receiving this day after day that they had lost sight of what is actually going on here, the incredible nature of what's actually going on here. They thought the refreshment that he gave wasn't a big deal anymore. They didn't consider the rest that they received from tilling the earth in the present or the promise of the land that laid ahead, lay ahead to be worth anything. Now, without it, they would have starved in the wilderness. But... They still ended up scorning it. How I hate this stuff. This to us is a moment that leads us to sit up a little and pay attention. The word of God directing us to Christ is a miracle from heaven that's been given to us in the midst of our wanderings here on earth. Don't take it for granted. No other people has been dealt with in this way. Only we today who receive God's word and are granted faith by his grace are on the receiving end of this. And today we have more opportunity to reach the Bible, to open our Bibles, to have them on hand, especially here in North America. I'd say especially here in the Owen Sound Canadian Reformed Church than any other place in the world and any other time in the world. God's word, looking to Christ each and every day, really and truly does give us rest and refreshment here in our wilderness wanderings. And he's granted it through Christ his son, the word made flesh, and he affirms it to us through the word that he grants us. It's miraculous and it's precious. And for those who come to him looking to receive it, do receive this refreshment. And this brings us to our second point, looking to the final goal. Yet even receiving what God has given us isn't always restful, though, is it? 
It seems almost like coming back from our own summer holidays. Yes, it can be a change of pace, but not always feeling rested and relaxed after all of this. On Sundays, you can sometimes come into the day feeling worn out from the previous week. You can go through it feeling down and depressed and even realizing, even realizing that you've been given something that nobody else has. You can still feel this way. There is a qualitative difference. Your week will be different because of it. And yet the, the feeling can still arise in your heart. I still feel so tired. True. The same was true for the Israelites in the book of Joshua. The Israelites who were constantly traveling from place to place. In some cases receiving rest and refreshment and others not. But none of these stops at an oasis or and not even the miraculous moments of rest and refreshment that they had received through water from the rock, through manna from heaven, or through the miraculous and unexpected flocks of millions of quail were meant to be the final rest for them. They were looking further ahead. To illustrate this more clearly, let's go back even further in history to their forefather Abraham. The book of Hebrews tells us about his wanderings through the desert as well. Just as Israel was moving from place to place, so too was Abraham. But his destination wasn't even the promised land. Hebrews tells us, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You see, Abraham realized that for him, the promised land was still generations away. It would be his descendants who would receive the land. And yet he was still waiting for a rest. He was moving from place to place, but he was looking ahead to a heavenly city whose foundations and builder is God. Now the Israelites received what Abraham had been promised in part in the beginning. What they were looking for in the promised land as they were going through the desert was a picture of this final and heavenly destination. But even the rest that they received after entering into the promised land was not the real and final thing. So keep that question in mind for a moment. That question of, I'm doing things right and I am spending time in God's word And I am speaking to God in prayer. Shouldn't I feel more settled as a Christian? Well, just as the people in Joshua received rest now for a time during the remainder of his lifetime, but they still had to wait for the final day, so too do we have to wait. Because consider what lay ahead for the people of God as they were living in this world. In this broken world, later in the book of Judges, after Joshua's death, we see turmoil. Then the land had rest for 40 years. And then turmoil, 
And then the land had rest for 80 years again. And then turmoil. And then the land had rest for another 40 years. Each time that they, as a nation, wandered in their hearts, they ran into difficulties. And each time they came to God and he granted them rest again for a time. But we can see through this that even Israel's entering into the promised land wasn't a guarantee of that final rest. There was a constant cycle of turmoil and peace even after being established as God's chosen people in the land. They didn't receive the end of rest permanently. They received a small foretaste of it. They didn't receive that final end of rest because the promised land was never meant to be that final rest. For a Christian too. As we come to Christ, we still dwell in this world. And we still feel the effects of the brokenness of this world. We begin to taste a foreshadowing of what's coming. A foreshadowing of that final rest. The city whose foundations and builder is God. And yet the rest is still real. For the people of Israel in Joshua 21, the rest that they received for a time from enemies on every side was still real. This rest, imperfect as it was, was given to them as a small taste to feed their desire so that they could look ahead with patient expectation to the day when they could experience true rest. And they could do that firm in the knowledge of what Joshua tells the people here in Joshua 21, that God is faithful to his promises, that he has revealed himself to be faithful to his promises, that he has granted them this, that he has established them here. And now, just as the people of God are established today, so too can we rest assured in the promises of what is coming Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As we come to Jesus in this life, we do begin to experience some measure of this rest. There's a spiritual burden that's lifted. We no longer walk in sin. We are raised up from death to a new life. We are cleansed for the sake of Christ before the throne of God. And despite our own daily weaknesses and shortcomings, we can come to Christ again and be assured that for his sake, as we come to him daily again, we can be assured and reminded and rejoice that for his sake, we are innocent and pure before the throne of God. Each day is a fresh day, and his mercies are new every morning. Practically speaking, we can seek to make time for each other in which we can come to God through his word and through prayer to be reminded and refreshed by this rest. As we come to each other in the church and we help each other in various ways, we're lifting up the burden of this world. And we are granting opportunity for a brother or a sister 
to have time to come back again to the word of God and to be refreshed and renewed by this rest. We can do something as simple as granting each other a distraction-free 20 minutes so that we can set time, a brief time for our hearts on things above. We can remind our children, our grandchildren, our spouse, our siblings, to use these times to come to Christ because he does give rest. Now sometimes we don't have people in our lives who are readily available. There are those among us who feel overwhelmed by their particular situation. Help them if you can. Make opportunity to grant them rest, as has so often already happened in our midst. To grant them rest through the opening of the way so that they can have time, energy, and mental space to seek this rest in Christ. And direct each other. Direct each other's hearts as you come alongside of each other to seek this rest in Christ. Encouraging each other in faith, and devoting ourselves to prayer and the service of the body of Christ. And also today, make your Sunday a day of rest and fellowship, resting together as a picture of eternity and fellowship with each other, resting alone as an opportunity to recharge as a gift that's been given you from God, but above all, resting in Christ, being able to step back And see the big picture of what Christ has granted us and the hope of the future that we have. The final day, the promised land, the other side of the Jordan. And yes, it's not yet a satisfying and perfect rest. But it was never meant to be. This little taste of rest in worship, in the word in prayer to God, and in fellowship with the body of Christ is meant to keep us eager, yearning, and longing for that final day when Christ our Savior will come and grant us an eternal rest. Amen.